Hey there, friends. Today is our third devotion of the week. We've been looking at some different scenes in the last week of Jesus' life leading up to Good Friday and Easter Sunday morning uh, in the hopes that looking at uh, some of these scenes will help us really understand uh, and really get the most out of what exactly Jesus has done for us on the cross. Today, we're looking at the scene of Jesus' arrest just as he's finishing praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me, and if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, are you then the Son of God? He replied, you say that I am. Then they said, why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. So here we are. Jesus has been praying all night, uh, up, laboring, pouring out his heart to his father with his disciples, supposed to be helping keep watch, but have fallen asleep over and over again. Uh, And it's now time where things are going to really start to escalate, where the the whole approach to the cross is really going to ramp up. And it's here in this scene that we start to see a real conflict between the way of Jesus and his kingdom and who he is and what he's all about and the way of the world. Right here in this scene, we have Jesus, one of his followers, Judas, coming to betray him with a kiss, to reveal who Jesus is, point him out uh, to the people who are going to be arresting him. And in this scene, what is amazing is that Judas comes and Jesus refers to him as his friend. That just blows my mind. How could someone who was about to be betrayed and go to a really violent death, be put on trial, be put on shame, refer to someone as a friend. We see the gentleness of Jesus fully on display here. We see the grace of God fully on display here that even an enemy would be called a friend. That is just incredible to me. Meanwhile, Judas is looking out for his own self-interest. There's lots of speculation as to why Judas would have betrayed Jesus in this way. Was he looking for his own personal financial gain? Was he disappointed in what Jesus had done? We don't know, but what we do know is that Judas treats his friend like an enemy, but Jesus treats his enemy like a friend. And that is just the full character of God on display. And then once again here in this scene, we see uh, the disciples in this moment coming to Jesus' defense. They think that the thing that Jesus needs in this moment is for them to physically defend him. So one of Jesus' disciples pulls out a sword and cuts off the ear of one of the people that have come to arrest him. You know, in one sense, the way that the disciples act here is completely understandable. When something we love and care about is threatened, it's the most natural thing in the world to want to defend it, to to see that no harm comes to it. And the disciples love Jesus, even though they're in the midst of this betrayal. They do love Jesus. And so it makes sense that they would come to his defense and act out in violence here in this moment. Um, But what we see in Jesus is that he and his kingdom is, is very different. 
instead of wanting to defend himself and keep himself from harm, even though he does not want to go through the agony that's about to happen, he refuses to do so. He refuses to respond like the world. He refuses to defend himself and instead responds with mercy. He rebukes his disciples here for kind of stopping the work of God. He knows that this is all, this is the only way for the salvation of the world. And so he, he refuses to allow his disciples to stop this from happening. In the Gospel of Luke that shares the same exact story, there's a, a little nuance here. Jesus not only uh, allows himself to be arrested and rebukes his disciples, he actually heals the person's ear. Once again, the incredible kindness and mercy of Jesus on display here in the midst of him being attacked where he would want to actually heal someone who is coming to arrest him. Who does that? I mean, uh, we we see here Jesus both calling an enemy a friend and healing a person who is truly an enemy coming to arrest him. This is the posture of Jesus toward people. And what we know from searching the scriptures and understand is that Jesus is the perfect revelation of the Father. This is God's posture toward us. So if you have ever wondered, what does God think about me or what is God's posture toward me? I think we can look at this scene and see just how much God loves you. And if Jesus is that perfect revelation of who God is, and he is willing to call his enemies his friends, if he is willing to heal those who are even opposed to him, then of course he is willing to love you, to welcome you into his family. He wants to know you. He wants to have a relationship with you. It doesn't matter who you are, and it doesn't matter what you've done. His grace is sufficient. Uh, his love is so big. And that is just incredibly encouraging. I know that I need to be reminded of that regularly. And so I'm just so thankful for this little scene where I get to see. But there's something else here too. I think so many times when I find myself um, in a situation where there's a temptation to defend myself, either someone has accused me of doing something wrong or there's an argument, uh, there's that temptation to defend myself or to justify my actions and in this moment, Jesus doesn't do that. Both now in this scene, as well as when he's actually on trial, he never actually defends himself. He never tries to justify his actions. And actually, as when I think about that, it's incredibly challenging to me, but also encouraging to think that that's the kind of response that I'm called to as well as a follower of Jesus. My life is supposed to look like his life. And so what that means is that I should be able to show mercy to people, to show kindness, even when I feel like I'm not being shown mercy. Then instead of defending myself or putting down someone when I feel like I'm being attacked for some reason, that I actually can pursue their good and their healing. That's incredibly challenging because the truth is that's not my go-to. That's not my first response. Like most people, I want to defend myself. I want to justify myself, maybe even um, put the other person down to make myself look good or look right in the situation. And that's really challenging because that's just my natural kind of um, fleshly response. But Jesus' response here is one of mercy and kindness. And I know that if it was in Jesus's life, 
it also can be true in my life that I'm called to live a life like he did and not just called to do it. I'm empowered as I follow him and as the spirit of God takes control over my life to actually walk like Jesus walked and to respond like Jesus responded. And so that's both challenging because it seems like a really high bar, but it's also encouraging because I know that what is possible, I know what's possible here. And the truth is that there's actually a incredible amount of freedom when we walk around in our life without looking to have to justify ourselves or defend ourselves. When we can say, I trust God for the outcome here. And because I trust God for the outcome, it's not going to change how much mercy or love, uh, how much forgiveness I offer to people. I don't have to hold on to unforgiveness. I don't have to hold on to bitterness. I don't have to restrain my love. In fact, I can I can actually give more of myself away because I know God has my back here and I know the Holy Spirit is helping me through this moment. So I want you to be encouraged today that that is a possibility for you that you can live a life like Jesus. And just as he was able to walk in kindness and mercy and forgiveness, so can you. And hopefully that's freeing to you. But I also want you to remember that even when that's not the case, even when you fall short of that, because we all will, it's still the same Jesus who offers us grace and forgiveness and kindness when we fall short. And hopefully that is a reminder that draws us into a deeper relationship with him because we recognize our need for his kindness and his mercy in our life. Actually, the Bible tells us that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So maybe focusing in on this scene today has reminded you of how much you need God's mercy and forgiveness. And if that's the case, that's a really good thing. And we don't have to pray like a special prayer or do anything to get God's mercy. It's already available to us. So all we need to do is come to him and say, God, I need you. I need your forgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness today. And if you're in that place where you're feeling like, man, I would really like to have that kind of freedom where I'm not feeling the need to defend myself. I'm not feeling the need to justify myself. Then simply just ask the Lord to teach you how to walk in that kind of freedom to teach you um, how uh, to not have to defend yourself. And I promise you his grace is sufficient for you and he will show you exactly how it is that you need to do that. There'll be missteps. Uh, There'll be failures in the middle of all of that, but he is such a good teacher and he'll teach you how to live and to walk as he walked. Let me pray for you today. Jesus, I'm so thankful that I have this example Uh, of how you were acting in this extreme situation of your mercy and your kindness. I thank you that that is who you are. It's not just something that you do. You can't help but love us because you are love. And I pray today that my friends that are listening would experience your incredible love and grace today. I pray, Lord, that you would remind them of how you have washed their sins away, that they are truly forgiven, that they needed you, uh, just like I need you and the whole world does, to wash our sins away, and that you did that for us. So thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your kindness towards us. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us to walk like Jesus walked, that you would help us to offer forgiveness freely without needing anything in response, that you would help us to walk in mercy and kindness Even when people are doing wrong to us, God, that we would repay evil with good. Lord, would you help us to walk like you walked in your mighty name? Amen.